welcome to the Doc G Show, a radio show cluster. Without further ado, critics have said he has the face for radio and a voice for silent films. Your host, Ben Doc G Gordon. And we are on the air. Welcome to Doc G Show. I am your host, Doc G. With me, as always, the one, the only, Mikey Maximus, drinking coffee like there's no tomorrow, Ferticus Charette. Say what? Yes, Dr. Gordon, how are you, sir? You were getting it in there while I was doing the introduction. You're oh, like, yeah. I gotta, gotta, get, gotta get some here. Oh, man. Yeah, Woo. yeah, yeah. You love it. You love it. Mm. How, oh, yeah. How you doing, Mike? Uh, eight and a half out of ten, Doctor. You know me. Feeling pretty good. Standard. Standard. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I yeah. like it. Mike, I'm a little mm. bit lower than that. Mm, yeah. I'm Got a, a storm. I'm a little bit lower. No, we lost a legend this past week. Wait, what? Uh, yeah. Who was it? Wait, oh, Bob Barker. Bob yeah. Barker. Yeah, 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 yeah. 99, though, man. Great. Good run. Good, very good run, you know. Now, I know right now, and you've probably already done this, listeners. For the listeners that are under 25, you probably already had to Google Bob Barker. And people are like, <laughs> oh, he's dead. And you were like, who? What? Hmm. But for anyone under the age of 25, Bob Barker was the host of Price is Right from 1972 until 2007. 35 years of Price is Right. Sweet. And I can tell you right now, if you're between the ages of 55 and 25, watching Price is Right was the indication that you didn't have school. So true. You knew you weren't (laughs) in school if the Price is Right was on. That's what was going down. It could have been because of summer. It could have been because of a sick day. A snow day, a hurricane, a teacher's day, Armageddon, whatever it was, Mm -hmm. you're watching Price is Right because you don't have school. Mm -hmm. It's like a a Pavlovian response. When you just see it, you're like, I'm not in school. Yes. Awesome. (laughs) Like, it's just great, man. I saw on tw- yeah. I saw on Twitter, Mike. Somebody said uh, they they uh, they said uh, all praise Bob Barker, the patron saint of sick days, and I was like, mm, it's, perfect. It's true, man. It's true. Yeah. You could you could have a flu, or you could have the flu and like a temperature of like a hundred and five, but you turn on that TV and you're like, everything's all right. Bob mm-hmm. Bob's on the TV. It's all right. Like I'm I'm not exactly sure what. Uh, you do when you're sick in school now like I thought about it I was like I guess you like stream a bunch of shows and then yeah I don't know and then live stream yourself in bed like hey guys (laughs) here I am I'm sick what's up it's me like just jeez which I was thinking Oh, I'm sorry. I don't want to give you any ideas, but uh, I saw a kid. He had to call out of school or whatever, and he was doing his presentation. They had him on a little iPhone. <laughs> he was doing the full presentation in class. Well, th- I'm th- like, ah, there you go. That's what I was thinking. Like, I, I when 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 I was going over this stuff before the show, I was like, you know, when you know, not again, not to be the old dude, but when when I was growing up, like when somebody didn't come to school. 
It was like you'd lost somebody on the Oregon Trail. It was like they were gone. <laughs> like, you had no idea what was up. Like, you'd just come to school and everybody would be like, hey, where's Zach? I don't know. He didn't come. Oh, okay. I guess he's dead. Well, all right. Well, and <laughs> there's just a missing, there's just a desk, an empty desk yeah. in the middle of the classroom. Everybody's looking at the chair like, yeah, it? and just a big question mark, just like, I don't, uh. and then you had to wait until after school, somebody calls him and is like, nope, nope, no, I called him. He's not dead. He's got, he's got the flu, everybody. He's got the flu. Like, but now you got phones, you got, you could go on, you go online, chat them up, email them up, and be like, "Oh no, you're not dead." Yeah. All right, cool. Like just like thirty seconds, you get it delivered. But then, back then, mm-hmm. you were off in your world of prices yeah. right, man. Prices, mm-hmm. right. and I'm sure the kids the these days they can still watch Prices Right. That's a fact. But nobody does. Mm-hmm. It's it's with Drew Carey. No no offense yeah, to Drew, he's not Bob. No, like. Plus, nobody under the age of 60 watches network television anymore. Mm, the only, good point. The only people that know Drew Carey are the people that knew Bob Barker. And they're all saying, Drew Carey, he's no Bob Barker. Like, that's just... <laughs> that's not good, man. It's just not it. Regardless, Mike, Bob hosted Prices Right 35 years. Mm-hmm. And Prices Right was what America is all about you know yes. a whole bunch of crappy consumer goods mm-hmm. a lot of excitement loud sounds bright lights and some absolute morons mm-hmm. just prices right at its finest man just yeah. so good for again <laughs> let me let me move back for the the crew under 25 let me explain this real quick they randomly select a person from the crowd they tell the, the person, come on down. It's a big deal. Come on down. They play the music. Come on down. There's huge, a celebration. There's a there's fanfare. Once they get mm-hmm. down there, there are five different contestants, and those five different contestants guess on the price of a product. Something completely arbitrary like car wax. A blender. Yeah, a blender. <laughs> and the person who wins is the person that bids closest to the price of the product without going over that's a fact which would inevitably lead to the last person bidding one dollar if they thought everybody else had gone over the price of the product Mm. now listeners that are under 25 that is very important because inevitably when you go out and get a job one of your bosses will make a joke that it's price is right rules and you want to be the young buck that knows what your boss is talking about, his stupid jokes, you've already got them. And you're like, price is right under the price of the product. I know what you're talking about. Thanks, Jeff. You're cool. (laughs) It'll make him feel good. You'll move ahead in the world. It'll be awesome. Anyways, Mike, once they won, they came on stage, they played a game, win more prizes, then potentially they could play in the showcase showdown, depending on how they do on the Price is Right wheel. Mm-hmm. You know, when I started thinking about all of this, Mike, I was like, holy I committed way too much of my brain's memory to dumb things about the Price is Right. Like, <laughs> there, there are so many. There's no wonder I haven't done anything that positively has impacted society. I've just got a brain full of dumb Price is Right rules that I'm like, oh, wait, no. <laughs> 
Yeah, he went over there. That's not going to count. I'm sorry. Doesn't doesn't go. But, like, I mean, the main point that I'm trying to make, uh, Mike, is Bob was the best. You know? He was. He was always so smooth. You know? He was always, he. you know, uh, talk about a 1 to 10. The contestants were always at a 10. Bob was always at a 7. Just right mm-hmm. there. Just smooth. Never too low. Never too high. Yeah. I'm Bob. You know, mm-hmm. that's right. And I always had just the 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 best suit. You know, the cleanest suits, just the white hair, the impeccable white hair, the skinny microphone, the skinny microphone. Yeah, yeah. It's like a foot long. Yeah, but it's just a tiny little, tiny little mic at the end of it. Yeah, listeners, that again, under twenty five, another old person joke you got to look for. If you ever get into a situation where a person has a tiny microphone and they say, "I feel like Bob Barker," that's why they're doing it because mm-hmm. he had a tiny microphone on The Price Is Right. Connection, connection. Mm-hmm. Mike, in honor of Bob. I got to give my top three prices right games right now. Okay. Top three prices right. We're going to go down memory lane real quick. Now, number three, punch a bunch. Don't know if you remember this one, Mike. Real simple you one. You punched a hole in, yeah. in the price of yeah, something. They just had thought, the, yeah, they had the little circles, and you literally were just guessing, and he'd reach in I there. I like those. It was and, satisfying to watch people punch those. Oh, so satisfying. <laughs> like, And you'd get you'd get the lady that was like 110, and she couldn't even punch through it, and you're like, it's paper. Put a little <laughs> put a little force behind it, lady. Come on now. It's like trace paper too. It's not even Yeah, like, no. It's like you could almost see through it, yeah. Evaporate. But uh yeah, that one was very simple. Little old ladies. That's my number well, that was like eighty percent of the crowd in prices yeah. right was little old ladies. <laughs> They're the best. Uh number two, Mike. Hole in one. Hole in mm. one. That's where you, that you guess the prices of different grocery store products, like most of all of the games. And how well you guess those prices gets you closer to the hole of a mini golf setup. And if you get, like, all of the uh, prices right, then you're right beside the uh, hole, and all you got to do is knock in, like, a three-foot putt with golf. But if you get them all wrong, you got to hit a shot in from, like, 40 feet away. And Bob mm. would always start by hitting it in himself. And he was always a bad So <laughs> pretty much always got it in. You're like, <laughs> I didn't know awesome, that. Bob. That's hilarious. Awesome, man. Uh, yeah, it's good. Hole in one, man. One of the best. One of the best. But number one, you can guess it. What is it, Mike? It's the wheel. It's the wheel. No, no, no. Actual wheel, games. Right? No? Actual games. Oh, Not- actual game. Okay. Um, I would say, uh, is it Plinko? Plinko. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Plinko. I'm not even going to explain it for the listeners. The listeners that have seen it know it. Listeners that are under 25, YouTube it. Go just look up a Plinko. It's so satisfying. It's so fun. Yeah, it really is. It's just, you can win any, you don't know. $10,000, $100,000, am I going to get zero? I don't know. It's all chance. Amazing, Mike. Mike, mm-hmm. RIP Bob Barker. While yeah. our listeners are busy getting their pets spayed or neutered, do you want to fire this show up? Let's fire up the show. All three engines up and burning. Two, one, zero, and liftoff. 
<laughs> nice Rob Roddy there. That is nice. That is nice. I was nice. trying to do Bob Barker. I was trying to do a, if uh, if Bob Barker had to fire up the show, how would he do it? Well, I think you were, you know, the... the I was trying to go a new car. You know, I was a new car. But that, that wasn't him, though. That was Rob Roddy. Oh, that was the Rob Roddy. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're that right, was the right. announcer. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. He retired, I think, like 2013. They got a new guy now. I don't know. Uh, not, not nearly as good. Nope. Anyways, Mike, we have a fantastic show. <laughs> My goodness, we have the terrific Z A Z Award. She's coming out with her new album, Dirty Shine. I uh, can't wait to talk to her. We're going to talk all kinds of things. We're going to talk life, music, popcorn. Mm. Yeah, it's going to be a good time. But first, we need to start where we start. Birthday suit. Happy birthday, Mr. President. Mike, I've, I've come to a realization here. I think I've noticed you're better when I condense the bio down into one of the most concentrated and <laughs> revealing clues, you know? When well, it's easy. <laughs> well, like I give you one thing they're most known about, and if I just sort of hide it in the in the bio, then you you've already zoned out. You're like, oh, this is taking a long time. Who gives mm. this, you know? And then you you might miss it, I think. But when I just mm. give you that one thing, you're like, I know who that is. So yeah. I'm gonna keep trying Sometimes. that. I'm gonna I keep I mean Doctor Doctor, you could have used. I literally list missed Martin Luther King's wife. You could have said Martin Luther King's wife, and I would have not gotten that. <laughs> like, oh. It doesn't make it any easier. I like, I like how you almost, I like almost you address me because you were thinking of Martin Luther King. You almost Doctor King, Doctor G. <laughs> let me tell you something, Doctor G. Um, Mike, you are at fifty-seven and three-fourths out of ninety-nine. Looking good, looking tough. You have had two weeks, three for three. Two oh, weeks. What? Three for three. I mean, look, look at that percentage. You're getting real close. To 60%, Mike. Perfect. You're getting real close to 60%. Um, I think it's possible for you to get all three this week. We'll see. Okay. This first one, here is the sentence. Older comedian who rants about things. That's his main shtick. He just rants. He gets very angry and rants. Lewis Black? Lewis Black is correct. Yes, there it is. Woo! Knew you could get it. Knew it. Knew it. Born, he was born on uh, 48, Mike. He's turning 75. 75. Yeah. By the way, Lewis Black was one of the first guys that ever actually emailed me back. You know, I emailed yeah. a lot of comedians asking for advice when I first started, and he was the, one of the one guys that wrote back. I think he was like one of the only guys that wrote back. Full paragraph, really nice email. Shout out yeah, to so Lewis shout out, Black. Shout out to Lewis Black, yeah. Shout that out. is that is nice. Nicely done, yeah. Lewis Black. Classy yeah. move, cool man. Mm -hmm. Classy move. He went to the uh, University of North Carolina degree in uh playwrights he's a mm, playwriter okay then he went to the yale school of drama for a master's Jeez. and he uh he wrote like plays and just did stand-up comedy sort of in obscurity for like 15 years and then he finally hit it big when he was put on the daily show in 96 and he's actually been a correspondent on on the daily show since then he's been doing wow. stand yeah and he has released, since 2000, he has released 
15 comedy albums. Mm. And I will say, most of his comedy is just him being very mad. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Pretty much it is just him being angry. And, you know, and and that's the thing is like... uh, he, he does such a good job at it. Sometimes when I go on a rant and I get angry, I'm like, ooh, calm down my, my Lewis Black. Need to get, like, <laughs> it's like it's so yeah. ingrained in there. That's what I think, man. But, uh, yeah, happy birthday. 75 for Lewis Black. There we go. Happy birthday. And shout out for the inspiration and advice. Yeah, appreciate it. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, okay. You ready to rip some headlines, Mike? Let's rip some headlines to talk to you. It's now time for Rip from the Headlines. Mm. This is an interesting one out of South Carolina, Mike. Ooh. Sonic Restaurants. You ever, oh, yeah, roller skating. You ever hit them up? I haven't been there in a while, but yeah, they had some good stuff. Jalapeno poppers, mm. uh, milkshakes, slushies. Mm. Get yeah, yourself a foot-long coney dog. There you go. Mm. Word. Well, bad news out of Sonic restaurants, Mike. 13 Sonic restaurants were found to be violating child labor laws in South mm. Carolina. Yeah. Between two different companies, these two companies owned 60 Sonic restaurants. They owned 60 Sonic restaurants, and those two companies had 91 children under the age of 16 that were violating child labor laws. So uh, they were working past 9 p.m. That's one violation. They were working more than three hours on a school day, and they were working more than 18 hours during a school week. Jeez. So those were all violations. And, Mike, I I may be behind the times. I didn't even know it was legal for a 14-year-old to work. Like... I thought it was still 16 everywhere. I was completely behind on that one. I I mean, I don't know about you, but good Lord, that sucks. Yeah, 14 seems pretty young. I did not know that. Like, you're, you're telling me there are kids out there that have to sit in middle school all day and then go to Sonic and deliver <laughs> foot-long coney dogs to ungrateful <laughs> bags that complain there's too much chili on their hot dog that they ask for chili on there, and you're like, what? What do you want from me? I just learned how to skate for this job. Come on. It took me 10... I I had to train with Mike Charette to learn how to skate for this job. It's ridiculous, Mike. Kids don't need that. You know? Mm -mm. They don't need the life lesson that life sucks. They'll get that soon enough. They don't need Mm -hmm. it when they're 14. Also, this this is important, Mike, but... I don't really trust a 14-year-old around my food, you know? Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I know a 40-year-old can rub their ball sack on my burger just as easy (laughs) as a 14-year-old can, but I'm going to play the odds, you know? And I'm going to say that it's less likely that the 40-year-old is going to relative to the 14-year-old, you know? Mm -hmm. Just an idea. If you've got a 14-year-old out there, listeners, don't make them work at Sonic. Don't do it. No. Get them to play, you know, basketball, baseball, something else after school. Earn an allowance. Yeah, you know. Get the weeds, whatever. Yeah. 
Yeah. Anyways, Mike, I got a story uh, from News Channel 8 in Tampa. This is actually a national story, but it just came from Tampa. Here's the headline. Quote, Costco offering refunds on Kirkland vodka following complaints over taste and smell. Word. Mm. Mike, this is just me, but when you buy Costco brand vodka... Don't you waive your right to complain about taste and smell? I mean, yeah. That's like saying, you know what? That Taco Bell didn't seem to have very high quality meat. Yeah, it's Taco Bell. It's meat. That's what comes in Taco Bell. Like, come on. It's Kirkland vodka. <laughs> Who's buying that, Mike? Also, how do people pick up on the difference in taste and smell? Vodka always tastes and smells the same, which is... Like gasoline, yeah. Terrible. Yeah, yeah that's it, man. Uh, <laughs> uh, Costco released the statement, Mike. They said, uh, it has come to our attention that the taste profile of units marked with certain lot codes have not met the expected profile normally consistent with this product. Hmm. While not a food safety issue, this does not meet our quality expectations. That's what they said. Now, some actual reviews from customers, Mike. Some drinkers said this. They said uh, it has a horrible odor, and a few customers said it tasted like a vitamin. And I got to be honest, Mike, isn't that the last one, an upgrade? I mean, they could have just thrown some vitamins in there. That's not bad. Yeah. That's not bad. Anyways, take-home message, listeners. Write it down. Don't buy your vodka from Costco. Uh, (laughs) That's the the main take-home. Mike, this past weekend, very exciting event in Philadelphia. It was the 14th annual Naked Bike Ride. Oh, what? Yeah. Sweet. A 13-mile ride around Philadelphia naked. Now, Mm. you don't have to be naked. The organizers don't force folks to get naked. It's a as as bare as you dare policy. Mm, okay. As bare as you dare. Yeah. I like that. Mm-hmm. So, of course, there's a lot of pervy pervisons out there just, like, in fully clothes. Like, huh? Well, like, I see what's going on over there. Well, that's not bad either, you know? There were a couple of those guys. But I uh, I, I couldn't help it, Mike. Um, you know, I took a couple looks at these pictures, you know? Hundreds of people showed up. There were all kinds of cyclists there. But I got to say, Mike, I have never felt so bad for bike seats in my life. Ew. <laughs> I just, oh, God. I just, like, you, you're never going to get those bike seats fully clean. It was just disgusting. Like, I was just uh. like, I just, oh. And the, especially the ones that are just like banana hammocks. Really long ones. Yeah, uh, they just uh, get right up in there and I was just like, "Oh no." Girl, come on. Oh, that is gross. Yeah. No. Sorry, bike seats. It mm-hmm. was not your weekend. But No. For people that wanted to see old, saggy and gross folks without their clothes on, it was your weekend. 
Ooh, side gig. You could sell some bike seat condoms or something. Oh, <laughs> nice, the, uh, Mike. Always thinking. Race. Always thinking of it. Just oh, a little yeah. doily to put over oh, the yeah. over the seat, you know. But it <laughs> a little hairnet. Yeah, it. But I mean, it, it is a consistent law of nature, Mike. That whenever you have a thing that is about getting naked, no one with a good body is going to get naked at these things. Mm. Nope. It is always going to be the people that you're like, really? All right. Okay. That's uh, needed to take that one for a spin. All right. All right. <laughs> Mike, uh, I, I, I missed this story the first time around. I don't know if you missed it. It's an interesting one. It's, uh, it's from Mississippi, um, and this was from August 10th. Apparently, a 10-year-old was arrested in Mississippi for public urination. Ten-year-old. Ten years old. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. The kid was waiting for his mom in his car, right? She left the car idling. She had to do something in some building. and He, he has this music. It has AC. Exactly. Exactly. And he needed to pee, and he was worried that inside didn't have a bathroom. So, you know, he's 10 years old. You don't have the smartest ideas when you're 10 years old. So he just walked behind the car and started peeing behind the car. And a cop drove by, and the cop was like, you know what the best thing to do here is? Arrest this kid. <laughs> um, not too surprisingly, this was the boy's quote. Uh, after he was released, uh, he said, I started crying a little bit. They took me down there, and they got me out of the truck. I didn't know what was happening. I got scared and started uh, shaking and thinking I'm going to jail. Yeah, that makes sense, Mike. I would have done the same thing. I would have been in the exact same boat. Well, it's good news, Mike. Follow up on the story. The officer that arrested the 10-year-old was fired. So, That's good. Yeah. That is good. Yeah, the police department admitted that, quote, it was an error in judgment. Word. Yes. Yes. Now, I will say, Mike, that uh, originally, before they fired the guy, the department chief originally came out and said that they stood by the officer's decision to refer the boy to youth court because the officer saw him committing acts that would be identical for an adult under identical circumstances. Hmm. Here's the problem with that, Mike. He's not an adult. That's a fact. I mean, come on, listeners. This kid's not even qualified to illegally work at Sonic. What the heck are you arresting <laughs> him for public urination, man? It's ridiculous. Uh, we're talking about a 10-year-old that's like six feet tall. <laughs> No, he's pretty teeny. I saw the pictures, actually, <laughs> you know? Joking. I know you're trying to give him the benefit of a doubt. He looked like an ogre. He's out there Grown being... man. <laughs> yeah, he's out there being Bigfoot, but it wasn't. It was uh, not, you know? I'll say, if anything, Mike, they just need... they, You know, just teach the kid to find a more secluded place to pee. Yeah. You know? You know how many times I've peed out in public? A lot. Wait, what? A lot. You just got to find a place that's not on a sidewalk or in front of a car. You got to... I'm so scared, Dr. When I pull over, like, we'll be in the middle of nowhere and I'll still, like, walk a mile away from the car. Yeah. <laughs> a mile away from the yeah, highway. Yeah, you got to get... I'm a, so pee shy. 
got to get a you know get away from the trace you know who knows yeah, yeah, yeah. there may be some kind of interstate camera that's all of a sudden like oh we see him it's mike shred he's peeing <laughs> on the side of the road let's go get him get him Jeez. um mike uh this is an interesting one have you been uh have you have you uh caught up with uh, drake's most recent tour uh it's all a blur tour that's the name of it um no i did see a clip man people throw some wild stuff on stage yeah that's i was that what you were talking about yes that's what i was gonna yeah. ask what is that? um ladies have been throwing their undergarments on stage mike yeah Girl, come on. predominantly the, their bras they probably yeah. and it's been an arm race they've gotten bigger and bigger these these bras mm-hmm. and um you know first it was like double d's then it was g's it's getting out of hand the other night it was a new record <laughs> And it was a disturbing record for many reasons, Mike. Drake's performing. Bra comes up on stage, and he says, quote, This is your mother's bra that you brought to the show? Huh? Where's your mom at? You got to send her my love. This is insane. I could use this thing as a do-rag. This might be a record breaker. It's a full coverage bra. It's custom. It's 46J. <laughs> Jeez. My couple things. I'm not too concerned with the size. Whatever. It's a a, a large uh, a large breasted woman. Okay, interesting. I'm more concerned with the fact that someone brought their mom's bra to a Drake concert. What is wrong with you? Who is this kid? I don't care if they're male or female. That's just weird. That is yeah. so weird. Do you know how, like, weirded out I'd be if my mom was like, hey, I mean, you know, my mom's not going to be doing that for Drake anytime soon anyway. She doesn't know who Drake is. But, you know, if I went to a James Taylor concert and my mom was like, <laughs> oh, hey, by the way, here's my brassiere for James, I'd be like, what is wrong with you? Take that back. That is disgusting. Like, That's a fact. And this, this, whoever this kid was was like, you know what? Good call, Mom. I'll throw that on stage for you. Sounds good. <laughs> Do you like, have something in white, you know? Yeah. It seems like, yeah. I think he'd like that better. He usually responds <laughs> better to white. Like, just like, disgusting, Mike. Gross. Yeah, it is. It is. I saw uh, on one of his clips, I don't think it was the same clip, but somebody threw a Jordan 4 on stage. A Jordan 4. And it wasn't one of these, like, random Jordan 4. It was a bread Jordan 4. And I Drake's like, who would throw your Jordan up here? And uh, well, like, if, I, if I was if I was Drake, I'd be like, I'm gonna need the other one, or this is just f- man. <laughs> like, why why are you throwing one up here? Like, that's not gonna work. Or it could just be a baller, you know, sign it, throw yeah. it back down there. Mm. But if you do that, that opens up a gateway because then everybody's gonna just start yeah. throwing things yeah. to sign. So you mm-hmm. can't you can't do that. I take back. That's a bad that's a bad recommendation. Yeah. Don't sign anything, Drake. And then somebody apparently threw a book at him too. That happened mm. like a week ago, and he actually caught that one. He caught it like midair, and he's like, you're Ugh. lucky I got fast reactions, or I would have thrown you out of this uh, concert. He like, went off on a little bit of a rant about it. And I was uh. like, well, you know, 
At least he didn't go on a rant about how, like, reading is bad, you know. So, yeah. Like, <laughs> guess it's a benefit there. Doctor, but anyway. do you think we're going to have to watch concerts and, like, with the guys behind plexiglass in the future? Ah, oh, that's going to be You so know, depressing. people are, I mean, I don't, again, don't want to be the old dude, but it does seem like uh, a lot, it, well, and old people are usually the culprit of it, sort of forgetting how to act at concerts. That's a fact. It's not a, it's not a good thing, man. Shut up and listen to the music. Wait, what? You know, that's what yeah. you're there for. <clears throat> but anyways, Mike, we need to take a break. We need to listen to some music. Listeners, shut up and listen to this music. Girl, We've on. got ZZ Ward. It's fantastic. We'll be right back here on the Doc G Show. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sitting here in this Cadillac with a nine. Millimeter gun, taking pops off a cigarette. We might fight, we might run. Got my pearls, got my jean shorts on, got my heels up on the dash. Watching close for my baby's signal, the break and hit the gas. The sun's getting low, but I've I ride or die. I'm the one saddle up when it's time to slide. Outcast in the South Law country. Idle wild. I could be your new read. Take a walk on the wild side. Two Z's, but we don't sleep too often. We vampires. Grew up as a ward of the state. Her daddy used to get so high he could just orbit in space. That made it tougher, but the absence of a mother influenced her being true. Two passionate lovers dashing while undercovers pursuing. Natural born. Killers Mickey Mallory. She point a pistol at my crotch and feather infidelity. That's my melody. She fell on me, I wound up catching a felony Then they found us, now she's sitting inside a cell with me But Lord knows she never tell on me, nor I on her Her promises is true as my own words Till death do us part, a dagger over my heart If this is the end, at least it's the two of us Know it's our Come around that chick, I'll never ask why You know that I
are back here on the Doc G Show. Spinnaker Radio, WSKRLP 95.5 FM in Jacksonville, Florida. Mike, what do the listeners need to do? Well, Doc G, if the listeners feel like the show is a positive way to waste their time, they should please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, wherever they get their podcasts. It is a cost-effective way to support the show. And if the listeners are feeling extra generous, they could leave us a five-star review or a comment and a comment. We love comments. That is true. That is true, Mike. And we need to thank the regular listeners, the five-star listeners. Here we go. Shout out. Shout out to Jacksonville, Florida, Columbia, South Carolina, Radford, Virginia, Gainesville, Florida, Frankfurt, Germany, Anoka, Minnesota, Ashburn, Virginia, Pirakai, Brazil, San Diego, California, Dublin, Ireland, Boardman, Oregon, Genoa, Italy, Richardson, Texas, Barcelona, Spain, Winfield, West Virginia, Biloxi, Mississippi, Tulsa, Oklahoma, Peoria, Illinois, Katy, Texas, Toms River, New Jersey, Olive Branch, Mississippi, Asheville, North Carolina, Los Angeles, California, Spartanburg, South Carolina, Athens, Georgia, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, Chicago, Illinois, <gasps> and Boynton, Virginia. Yes. Hey. Nice. I had a couple of trips there, but all in all, pretty good. The regular crew that we appreciate listening to the show. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. All across the country, all across the world, we appreciate Mm it. Mike, pretty condensed four-star listen group. There weren't too many four stars this uh, this week that made the top 25 here. Here we go. Shout out. Shout out to Houston, Texas. Well, Houston. There it is. Shout out to mm. Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. I'm hoping those were naked bike riders. That's what, Philly. But I'm crossing yeah. my fingers that that was, you know, they were riding on their bike. They had their phone and their Bluetooth speaker on their, uh, on their handlebars just riding down, listening to mm-hmm. us. Body parts swinging in the wind. Oh, yeah. Breeze. Easy breezy. breezy. (laughs) Shout out to Detroit, Michigan. Yes. Shout out to Dallas, Texas. San Jose, California. Las Vegas, Nevada. Shout out. Shout out to Logan, Utah. Logan coming in for the second week. Nicely done, Logan. Shout out to Sao Paulo, Brazil. Shout out. Shout out. Shout out to Coon Rapids, Minnesota. Coon Rapids. Shout out to Mountain View, California. And lastly, shout out to Kharkiv, Ukraine. Yes. Yes. Getting it. Ukraine. Stay stay safe, Ukraine. Uh, Stay safe. Yeah. Uh, are Are you thinking Street Fighter? Is that where you're going with that one, Mike? Is that what you're doing with the Ukraine? Ukraine? I don't know. I just <laughs> heard Ukraine. And, just thought you needed to yeah, shout it out Ukraine. like that? I like it. I like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, Mike, Mike, before we go to our interview with ZZ Ward, I've uh, I've got a little uh, one story, and sadly, it's not a good story, Mike. Mm. It, it's, 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 it's horrible news here. It's horrible news, and it's TV news. Oh, no. Yeah. What happened? Tom Brady news, Mike. What is Giselle up to? Not Giselle. It's his other lady now. It's his oh, other lady. Oh, gosh. It's, what is she up to? It seems like Bradley Cooper is rekindling his relationship with Irina Shike. Shake, however you say it. Wait, what? I don't know. I still haven't looked up her last name and how to 
properly pronounce it. But the model, Mike, that Tom Brady was having a relationship with this summer that we saw them together as an item in... Yeah, we saw that. Yeah, no, yeah. Well, this weekend, this past weekend, Bradley and Irina were in Italy together taking pictures of each other, making physical contact, Mike. Bradley Cooper was carrying her bag for her. Girl, come on! Oh, come on. Yeah. You don't carry bags unless there's something going on. That's not... Yeah. Girl gives me a bag that's not my lady friend. I'm dropping that bag in 10 seconds. Sorry. You're on your yeah. own. That's not your. That's not my responsibility. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. No way, man. No way. Yeah, no. There, there, there were even sexy pictures, Mike. There were even sexy pictures that were taken. Irina was taken uh, topless on the side of a cliff beside the ocean. Bradley Cooper was uh, like lounging on a on a paddleboard, uh, shirtless. Uh, he doesn't get the the title topless. That's only for Tom Brady. He was shirtless <laughs> and just uh, not. Uh, uh, it made me sick to my stomach, Mike. Sick to my stomach. Mm. I don't like this. I don't like it at all. You know. I don't want to see TB get his heart ripped out. I don't know about you, but it... No, I definitely don't. No way. I mean, you know, come on, Brad. What are you doing, man? Well, actually, I don't know. Yeah. I can't really blame Brad. They do have a kid together, Irina Shayk and this and Bradley Cooper. They do have a kid. Mm. But still, like, it's just, I don't, I, you know, I, I'm going to say it right now, Mike. TB, you need to get out of this one. Just cut your losses now. Just... Yeah. This is this is too convoluted, TB. You don't want this kind of trouble in your life. Yeah, I don't. There's too much going on. Yeah. You're living your best life, TB. What you need to do yeah. is just, you know, just see the world. See the world. Mm-hmm. Spread that money around. Have the time of your life with your kids. You don't need Irina in your life. She seems like a... No, you she don't. She seems like a problem calls her, you know? Yeah, no, I don't like this at all. But I just want—I wanted to spread the news, Mike, so you knew, so you know it didn't come to a shock when you heard this somewhere else. But of course, as per usual, Tom, if you want to come on the show, talk mm-hmm. about it. We're here for you. All right, we are. So you know, it, it, or if you want to come back to football, if you want to announce you're coming out of retirement, you can do it on our show. Mm-hmm. I mean, if yeah. you do that, it might take a couple of months before it gets to the rest of the world. But <laughs> people be confused. You'll come out <laughs> with a team. They'll be like, what the <laughs> put on the team? Oh, he announced it? Where did he announce it? Nobody listens to that. How did, what? <laughs> wow, okay. Anyways, Tom, we hope you're doing all right. We do. We really do. We hope you're doing all right, and we're here for you. If you need anything, let us know. We'll be here for you. Mm-hmm. Mike, we need to take a break. We are going to be right back with none other than ZZ Ward right here on the Doc G Show. This is 95.5 Spinnaker Radio. WSKRLPFM, UNF Jacksonville. The Doc G Show, because sometimes you need something playing in the background. 
every Wednesday at 7 p.m. on 99.5 FM, Spinnaker. Welcome back to the show, folks. We are very happy to be welcoming an extremely talented singer, songwriter, who has a new album, Dirty Shine, coming out September 8th. She'll be touring all over our beautiful country uh, over the next three months on the One Hell of a Night Tour, Miss ZZ Award. ZZ, how are you doing? Doing great, man. Happy to be on the show. Yeah. Yeah. Very exciting times for you. New album, yeah. number number three, on. number three. Yes, uh, yes. And this is the this is the first independent album. It is, which is a really special thing for me. It's been quite a journey to get here, uh, and it's definitely had its highs and lows. And um, to be an independent artist at this stage of my career uh, feels really gratifying. It feels really freeing. Um, there was definitely a point in, in time um, over the last couple of years where I was like, I had to kind of restart mm-hmm. and felt very like um, unsure of what that looked like because not being with a major anymore is a big change. Yeah. And so I feel like I'm in a really good place now because I've kind of, you know, proved it to myself that like, you know, I can do it on my own. And so um, it just makes you feel a lot more, you know, self-sufficient and, and, and exciting, it's, 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 I'm excited because I can put out basically anything I want. <laughs> so that's really cool. I can, I can put out a lot more music than maybe I had the chance to in the past. The um, autonomy seems very alluring. Yes, yes. Uh, well, you, I mean, you've been, like you mentioned, you've been doing this music thing for uh, a solid, I mean, solid 25 years, give or take, somewhere around that, uh, that ballpark. Uh, and I noticed full circle moment. Just last month, you got to play the hometown, uh, Roseburg, yeah. Oregon, uh, and it looked like a yeah. super fun show. Uh, how how fun was that? God, you know, it was just, it was so special. I've played that show before, but I, I and it's always special. But it's just incredible to go back to my hometown and feel that support from them. Like it's just so heartwarming and makes me. I have these moments in my career where like I connect with a fan or I play a show where, you know, sometimes like I live out here in LA and if I'm not seeing people who are playing uh, live all the time, I might forget how my music is connecting with a fan. Mm-hmm. So when you go out there and you have that experience on the road and especially playing Roseburg, it's like, you're just like, wow, like there are people that really, really follow my music and like, it's so, they know every bit of my story. They know that I'm independent. Now they're so proud of me. They're, they feel like they're a part of it. Um, and they're so connected with the music. It's, it's really, it's one of those things that makes you just really want to keep fighting for whatever you're working on. You yeah. know, I mean, it makes me want to keep fighting for my music because you just, sometimes it's easy to forget that there are people out there that follow you so much and, and you putting out music is, is such an important part of their lives. Yeah, it, it, it is wild. Yeah. I mean, I've heard so many stories from artists like that, you know, that you're you're out there, you get a you, you, you get a meet and greet time, uh, and a fan comes up and they just tell you about this 
pivotal, pivotal, you know, they had cancer, they got a divorce, they did this, this happened, and the only yeah. thing that made it, made them get through that was your song, and you're like, whoa, wow, that's a, yeah, that's exactly. a lot you know, of pressure it, for it, my song. It's a, yeah, yeah, it is, it is, you know, I, I think I felt that the most with, like, after my first album, because, like, when I came out with my second album, it's like, you have people that are so connected to a body of work. Mm-hmm. That like there's a lot of pressure than putting out a second body of work. It's just, I mean, you've heard this story before. So that was that was the only moment I was like, I felt a lot of pressure. It was funny you say the the divorce thing because uh, I had somebody come up to me at my show in Roseburg and they had me sign their divorce paper, like their receipt, <laughs> and they said that like my music helped them get through their divorce. So it's funny that you would say that. It- so. It'll happen. Um, and it, that makes me happy. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, you know, uh, obviously a pivotal moment in her, her life, his or her life. And, uh, you know, you got to mm-hmm. be able to get through it. So if you yeah. can help. I mean, it I doesn't mean, make me happy that she was getting a divorce. But it, yeah. you know, it makes me happy that I feel like she seemed happy that she had gotten through that situation. So. Yeah. You know, I mean, in her situation, it was probably better that she got a divorce. Let's be honest. They probably weren't happy. So yeah. it's, she's now in a better situation. Yeah. So that's good. Um, well now I've, yeah. I've heard, um, you bring this up before. It was your dad that got you into the blues. Uh, it was being played all the time and that's, you know, you, you started with his band and, uh, Roseburg, doesn't strike mm-hmm. me as a blues mecca. Um, I'm, I'm guessing, were you like the only girl in like the seventh grade jamming on Muddy Waters and Etta James? Yes, <laughs> absolutely. And I mean, I still feel like I, I still feel like I am in ways, you know, but no, for sure. I mean, like it was definitely something that was, there weren't a lot of people my age listening to blues music. Yeah. Nobody was. So, um, I was definitely an oddball out in that way, but I think like that's kind of shaped who I am as um, as an artist because I think that I'm very um, unforgiving when it comes to the music that I make. I make stuff that I like. I um, I've never quite fit into one genre, and I'm okay with that, mm-hmm. you know, because that's somebody else's game. That's not mine. Like I don't know where my music belongs but I, it, the only thing that that i i really care about is making music that i think is dope so yeah. that's what i try to do yeah nice. and i've always loved the blues and loved hip-hop and so i always you know i think there's like an authenticity to the music that i grew up listening to that i really try to channel in my own music well, I, w- I want to get I want to get to the hip hop in just a second, but uh, I, I was thinking about you performing with your dad, doing blues. How long did How long did it take before you you thought like I I need to do my own thing, and and was was your dad cool with that? Like, was he like, yeah, go go get it? Yes and no. I I, I think that when I was probably I'd say maybe nineteen, I. Or 17, I really wanted to go play my own shows. I remember I was like, I would play with um, his friend who taught me how to play guitar. Mm-hmm. And like, I was like, didn't really know what I was doing with guitar. And I was like, I'm going to go like play my own shows. And he was like, you're not ready to play your own shows. And <laughs> I think what he probably imagined, which this is the guitar teacher I'm talking about now. Mm-hmm. I think, I think that he probably imagined I was assuming I would go play a blues show mm-hmm. like he was playing. 
But what I really meant was I wanted to go play my own music. And that was something to me. It was like, you can know two chords and write a song. I mean, yeah. you know, some of the greatest songs ever are written over like three chords. Mm -hmm. So I literally went as far away as I could when I started playing my own music. Like I went to like Eugene and like Portland and just, I was playing like a pizza parlor. Like anywhere I could play, I would book a show. Nice. I would just walk in and ask them if I could play. And, um... And then there was a point in time where I really was like, I need to, nothing is happening for me where I'm at in this, in this small town mm -hmm. that I was selling CDs in parking lots and I was busking and I was playing everywhere I could. And I just felt like I knew that I needed more opportunity. I needed to get out of that town. Um, and some people make it out of small towns, I guess. And it, especially now with the internet, I mean, it was like a different game than it was 12 yeah. years, 15 years ago, but but it was about at that age that I was like, I need to, I need to spread my wings and, and try to go somewhere else. And I'm so happy I did because you really have a lot more, a lot more people to inspire you. Um, a lot more people in music that I found mm -hmm. to like songwrite with and like make me a lot better mm -hmm. as a writer. Um, and so, you know, some of the best times in my life were when I first moved to LA and tried to, I was just sleeping on the air mattress, gigging everywhere I could. So, ah, yeah. the air mattress. Always. <laughs> there's always an air mattress story. And I got to be honest, none of mine are good. But a lot of people <laughs> have them. Um, I, I, before I go to L.A., I want to uh, I want to ask you, I mean, you, you brought up the hip hop and and I've uh, I've seen you talk about this, too. Uh, before, you know, your, your dad gave you that sort of strong dose of, ja uh, of blues and you've got hip-hop from your brothers. I heard you mention your, your brothers, uh, and this really this really struck me because it's sort of the same. Uh, me and you are about the same age, and uh, our, our brothers are about the same age, and I heard yeah. you say you used to uh, steal your brother's uh, hip-hop CDs. And, uh, yeah, I did. I got to ask, did, did they yeah. get... No, like, he had so many CDs. Like, I think he was cool with letting me take his... It was primarily my brother, Charlie, my oldest brother, that I would take his music and listen to it. He was super cool because it was interesting because, like, we did not we did not get along when we had six years between us and mm -hmm. we did not get along growing up. We were, like, at odds with each other the entire time we were growing up. Um, he was cool with me taking his CDs and listening to them. I don't ever remember getting an argument about that. And then where we really ended up bonding was um, he came down to Los Angeles. He got into film. He went to American Film Institute and he started working for like red light films um, and uh, and like Ben Stiller's company. I think it was red or um, I don't remember what it's called, but it's Ben Stiller's company. He started working for them. So I was like, whoa, my brother is doing big things. And like and then I started sharing all my songs that I was writing with him. Mm -hmm. I'd send him the songs I was writing on guitar and he was like so obsessed with my music he 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 was like wow like we really connected through music he was like this music is amazing like I'm I love what you're writing and he would share it with his friends and so that opened this door for us where then we we were we kind of became like best friends through that like that's kind of where it started and then he had broken up with his girlfriend and my mom was like you gotta go now. Like his girlfriend moved out. He was she was like, You got she was like, You gotta go live with Charlie right now and go move in with him so that you can live down in LA. 
And she was like, just try it for like a month. And I was like, because I was in a relationship back home and I was like scared to go. And then so I went and I lived with my brother and it was just a really special time. I was booking shows at like room five, um, Cantor's Kibitz room, mm. um, Hotel Cafe, like lounges at hotels, like anywhere that I could play. We were, we, I was booking shows. Me and Charlie and my brother Adam would like carry all my stuff there and like lie and say that I could. They would be like, "How many people can you bring?" I was, like, I was 30, 40 for sure. Like, it'd pack it <laughs> I out. Think I'd probably it'd... be like, "Yeah, yeah." Or I think I would be like, "Oh no!" I would be at first call. I'd be like, "Probably like ten people." And they'd be like, "Oh, we need you to bring at least thirty or 40. And then I'd like call back two weeks later and like <laughs> change my name and be like. I can bring 40 people. It's, cha- um, it's changed so, over the last two weeks. I've got a lot more popular. So just to let you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, you know, and then we were just, we, we had, you know, we had a lot of fun together. You know, we'd hang out with our friends. And so it was a, it was a very, very special time. There's nice. actually an, a song on my first album called Charlie Ain't Home, which is a song about hooking up with my boyfriend at the time when my brother wasn't <laughs> <laughs> So nice. that time is immortalized for us, yeah. And he was cool with that, which was which was funny because he loved my music so much. But it was very funny, like the first time I played that song at Hotel Cafe, because everybody that was there knew Charlie. And so where that song became like this very sexy song um, that like my fans knew, they didn't know that that was written about this kind of funny idea of my brother not being home. <laughs> <laughs> and and so and it was too complicated to explain, so I wouldn't explain it at shows. But at this hotel cafe show where I first played it, like 2010, probably mm-hmm. all of his friends were there. So every time I got around to Charlie ain't home, like the whole crowd started laughing. It was such a it was like I'll never forget that show because that will never happen again. A show because nobody gets the inside <laughs> joke. <laughs> but, yeah. Well. um I, w- I wanted to go back real quick as far as I, I had more questions because you you've recently got to do some uh, some work with your brothers and I wanted to talk about that. Um, but before we yeah. we move on real quick, as far as the uh, the hip hop, I got to ask uh, since it was sort of that time period uh, when you got into to hip hop, were you were you a West Coast uh, hip hop rapper? I mean, were you all about the Dre, Snoop, Tupac? E40. No, not, not, I mean, yes, I, I was trying to get, I was definitely trying to collaborate with like E40 and like there's this rapper in Portland named Cool Nuts that mm. I was like trying to, trying to work with. I was trying to work with everybody like on the West Coast, but like, I mean, I think E40 was a little big for me. Even Cool yeah. Nuts was a little like, I, I tried to get a hold of him and he was like, nah, I'm not messing with you kids. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think that was a little before my, my time. I mean, I love, you know, I mean, I obviously love all that, that, that's that rap and the, and those artists um but really like i remember like one of the first times um that i was like i would open yes i opened for e40 nice uh i opened for mike jones went for bone thug it was nice. like very very cool for me yeah because i gotten involved in like the local kind of like hip-hop scene and i had i was like singing hooks for like local rap artists out of eugene oregon um and then we my my manager, my manager Evan Bogart. We out. This was like maybe twelve years ago. Mm-hmm. He was like, "What are you doing on Friday?" And I was like, "I'm going down to the Key Club. I'm watching Gibbs." And he was like, "You're watching? Wait, Freddie Gibbs?" And I was like, "Yeah, yeah. Like I'm gonna go watch Gibbs. I love Gibbs." And he was like, 
And he was like, wait, like he didn't even know that I really liked hip hop that much. And we had been working together with, with music for like a few months. And mm -hmm. he was like, that's so dope. So he realized how much I loved hip hop. Uh, and then Full Circle was like getting Gibbs on, on Criminal, which was like the photo. Yeah. And then like, I, I love I loved Kendrick before like he really blew up. And so Kendrick was on my first album. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I won't say I love rap because like there was like a time period recently where like I really did not like rap. <laughs> um, but like I love a, a very good like we have like, you know, Vic Mensa mm -hmm. and like John Doe on my new album. Like there will always be a soft spot in my heart for like a very, very good um, lyricist, you know, I, and, I mean, like Vic Men's verse is like crazy. So. I was about to say, it seems like you are drawn in by the the lyricist. The yeah, I mean, it just, I mean, come on, like people that are really good, like Kendrick and like Vic and like Gibbs, it's like what they do with such a like, even like it's just magic. Like it's just like take other lyricists and like just puts them to absolute shame. Like what they do, it's crazy. Like Vic's verse on my on Ride or Die was like when I first heard that, I was like, what? That like you just took my name, like you put my like hometown in there, and like oh, this is crazy. Like it's amazing. Yeah. So I, I'll always be like a you know. I mean, I love, I'm a music fan. Mm -hmm. You know, I love. Good vocalists, you know, great lyricists, great songwriters, um, great performers. Like, I mean, so I respect talent, you know, so. Very true. Very true. Well, now, um, talking about your 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 brother's uh, full circle again, uh, on the recent album, you guys actually did multiple videos together. You uh, did Baby Don't, uh, On One, uh, Ride or Die. Uh, had to be fun working with your brothers again on those videos. Dude, it's so fun. We literally just, so it was like a, a like tropical storm Hillary just hit LA last right. night. This was a very big deal in LA. Mm -hmm. it's like a tropical storm. Like when it rains in LA, it's like such a big deal. Mostly because the roads are absolutely terrible here. Like I'm from Oregon where like it rains all the time and it's not a big deal. Yeah. But the roads drain. Like the roads do not drain here. So we filmed, we still shot a video last night. <laughs> um, Safety first. Like yes, and it was a, there was an earthquake. It was like, it was a crazy day. But I, I mean, so it's fresh in my mind working with my brothers because I just did last night. It is such a special experience for me working with them. I would make music videos when I was with a major label. And not only did I have way, way, way less control. I didn't have my best friends on set, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Or maybe they would come, but it wasn't like we were making mini movies. Yeah. We were just making like a video where I'm singing the whole time. Mm -hmm. um, and it's somebody else's idea. And you, you know, and you just kind of do it. And, you know, and there are perks about that. Like, you know, everybody's taking care of you probably more than now. I'm taking care of everybody else. Like I'm bringing the catering. <laughs> like last night, like um, I was like making sure that all that are fed like at lunch you know <laughs> it's like we're you know finding finding the locations you know i mean writing the treatments for the music videos picking out all the outfits like i'm you know semi-directing with with my brother adam william ward mm -hmm. um and he's just i mean he's amazing he's going above and beyond for me 
Like he's, he's so good at what he does too, and he's also an actor. Mm-hmm. Um, that's his real, his real, real, real passion is acting. Even though he's so good at directing and producing behind the camera, he's just so gifted. Like watching him do that, like watching him tell the actors what to do, watching him tell me what to, you know, give me direction on how to deliver lines because. This new one we did, we actually have lines. Oh. <laughs> it's a little different than some of the other music videos. Yeah. Like a little bit more of a mini movie. And um, he sees what he wants behind the camera. It's like, and that's with how I am with music. Like I know my stuff, mm-hmm. but I'm not as familiar with film. And so it's really amazing to like watch him, you know, do that. He's done like an independent um, TV show. Um, he, you know, and he's also working on a new independent feature that he's doing that I'm sure I'll be a part of in some way. Um, and I've, and Charlie, my brother, Charlie's been taking, he got into photography recently. He's like really dope. So he's been taking photos. He's been taking all my, he took my album cover. Nice. (laughs) Um, yeah. So it's, it's a family affair and I'm doing it with my best friends. And so it's a very special chapter in my, in my life. And I hope people really love the music videos because we're really trying to make, you know, great art for people to, to watch and, uh, storylines um, for the the fans to follow. And yeah. So I think people have been digging it. But. For sure. For sure. Well, now, uh, you mentioned there, you know, you're a bit of your own uh, stylist on these videos. And uh, yes. th- on the Baby Don't video, uh, you're wearing mm-hmm. all blue, chose all these different mm-hmm. outfits. And I noticed some of the outfits are actually available to purchase on your website. Yeah. Um, yes, yeah. I had my eyes on the old blue swirl set, but big question (laughs) do you think I'll be able to pull it off? I mean, you did a good job of pulling it off, but do you think I can pull it off? Absolutely, yes, absolutely. Yes, I think blue would look great. Blue looks like it's your color. I mean, you're thank you, thank you. Okay, good, good. (laughs) Just wanted to make sure, yeah, from, from the person who wore it best. Okay, good. Thanks. (laughs) I, uh, yeah, you know, I think there was a time when I became an independent artist at first where I was like, I just reevaluated everything, including my website and how just all of my social media platforms and also like my website and how that is like the hub for everything that is me. So Mm -hmm. like, I wanted to feel like me. I, I built my own website. I maintained my own website. Um, I, and I also wanted people to feel really connected with the music videos. So like, yeah. And like, um, you know, doing like, like I said, I mean, when I was up with a major, like, you know, we would have a stylist, we would have hair and makeup there, like, which was kind of cush, like having somebody do my makeup. I won't, I'm not going to lie. Cause now I do my own makeup and it's like, I'm over sitting over there, like in between takes, you know, doing my makeup. Everybody eat lunch, you know? get it quick but uh yeah but uh but no it's fun and i feel like it's just another way for people to connect with um you know tangible things from the actual music yeah. video um clothes um you know i make i make hats and yeah. i made this hat i make hats there up on my website and uh you know i think I think people really dig everything going on right now. It's, it's above and beyond like what it ever was before. I think yeah. when I was, you know, with the major, it was a little bit of like a, a there was a little bit of space between me and my, my followers. And it's, that, yeah. it's not really there anymore, you know? Yeah, um, they put that space there a lot of times. Uh, the, the major puts yeah. that there a lot for, you know, 
whatever, whatever reason. But uh, yeah, it's definitely you see you see that in your stuff that you know. I mean, the, the interaction on social media, the interaction at the shows, the you know, the different merchandise, like you're saying, it's 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 a. I think there. I think there are a lot of people that are shifting towards that as far as artists because it is. It gets you more of a connection with your fans. The truth is, I think the more that you can learn, I try to learn as much as I can about everything. You have to ask. You have to ask a lot of questions. You have to be sort of annoying to your inside team because it's like, you know, I mean, we're talking about you know where we're where we're going on tour. You know what the. You know, how do we make people feel, have like an immersive experience when they go on tour? What is the show going to look like? What's the music going to sound like? I mean, everything has to be thought about. And the more you can really learn as an artist, the more valuable it is. You know, I mean, especially people that really pop off when they're really young and are on labels. It's like, it's, it's nice in ways having people do things for you. But with that comes people kind of wanting to keep you out mm-hmm. that are working with, that are working on things for you. And like, you just have to kind of break down those barriers and know what's, know what's going on. If you want to, if you want to survive and keep putting out music, you know, yeah, and not have any, I mean, and just be willing to get your hands dirty. I and mean, I get my hands dirty all the time. There's not a job that I'm called about that I'm not like, let's just figure it out and let's get let's get it done. Because that's my music. I'm fighting for my music. Mm-hmm. Anything I got to do, mm-hmm. you know? Well, well uh, I mean, a little bit of a side note, it goes along with this. Um, your, your husband's dad was the founder of a major record label, uh, Casablanca yeah. Records. Uh, and yeah. love the the new uh, movie about it, Spending Gold. It's fantastic. Uh, Thank you. Thank ki- you. I'll tell him you said that. Yeah, Kiss, Parliament, Donna Summers, like just so many good artists. And I was wondering, do you think you would, if you were back in the 70s, would you like being on that label? Would you, you think it would work or no? Um- that might be my favorite question I've ever been asked. That is so cool that you asked that. And I'm totally telling my husband that you asked that. <laughs> um, you know, I think the thing about Neil, uh, Neil Bogart was mm-hmm. like, he just like, he had so much chutzpah. And like, especially you see it in that movie, you mm-hmm. know, and it's true. That's how he was. And he had like, uh, like just this vivaciousness about life where he just like, he was such, and Evan is the same way. He loves music. He loves what he does. He does it every day. He's so passionate about good music and he fights for it. And that's what Neil did. Nice. Um, it's a beautiful story to see because he believed in these artists before anybody believed in them and he fought for them. Mm-hmm. And so did my mother-in-law, um, Joyce, mm-hmm. um, who was Kiss's manager. Um, she was uh, she was involved in that in that whole movement and like they really just they worked with these artists because they had they were you know it's for the music they were so passionate about them and it's it's like a beautiful story to see and like absolutely what I what I've wanted wanted to work with them and be on be on Casablanca and um what an incredible time for for music you yeah. know well, I mean, that's, you yeah. know, that that was what I thought as far as just he seemed like that guy that 
like you said, fault for the artist. Like if you were if you were anybody outside, you'd probably hate him. Like in in the music industry, you'd be like, oh God, this guy's gonna demand all of these things for his artists. But if you were the artist, you were like, yes, this is my dude. He's going no, to war for me. It, it, yes, and it's amazing. I will tell you that Evan has that that genuine same quality, and I've known this about him since I met him like thirteen years ago, which was like. He, when he heard my music for the first time and he saw me play, mm -hmm. he didn't care how, if I was popular. He didn't care if like how many people were into my music. Like so many people that I would hit up like during that time. I remember hitting up like Melissa Etheridge's manager and being like, getting him on the phone when I was a kid and being like, hey, like, will you manage me? Like, mm -hmm. I, I need like a manager. And he'd be like, no, the way it works is like, if you don't have anything going on, you don't need a manager, mm -hmm. which I will tell you right now is, <laughs> is BS. You know what? Because there are managers out there that, that, that brainstorm, that dream for their Find artists, stuff. Yeah. Find opportunity, make things happen. Mm -hmm. You think every artist out there, especially like during the seventies and that time was just like, they just went out there and played their music and it just started popping off. Yeah. You're dreaming. It doesn't always work like that. And so Evan has that quality. He will watch somebody sing on the street corner and if he thinks they're dope. He thinks they're dope. And this is someone who like discovered Eminem. Yeah. Like he has, he has, you know, there's not like this huge ego. Like, well, do you know who I am? Like if we see somebody rapping in a park and they're like amazing, we're going to stand there and be like, well, this kid is so dope. Yeah. Like, I love that. I love that humble quality. And that's, I don't know if it's, you know, because of where Neil and Joyce are from and like they just had that humble quality, had that, you know, had that humble quality. But yeah, I mean, it's super cool to be connected to that whole story. And like, sure. it, it's crazy. I mean, my son was born on Neil's birthday, like nice. some weird topic. Nice. <laughs> yeah, but um, such an incredible an incredible movie so thank you for bringing that up well a side note on the movie too uh we actually it was i mean a little bit uh random but a couple of months ago we had the guy that played uh ace freely uh in the movie there on the show he's he's a guitarist in a band named king falcon that we had uh real you know that's was, amazing yeah and uh that was one of the things when i was getting ready for the uh the interview with him uh, uh i saw him on set there uh and i was like you got to play Ace Freely? That's awesome. What? I got to ask him about yeah. this. And so we talked a little bit about it. But uh, yeah, small world. Small world. He was world. great. He was great. He was great, too. I mean, so great. The, the, the whole, I mean, again, just the, the whole movie and the whole lineup as far as just, I mean, the artists really that he brought in, when you look at sort of the, the wide range of, you know, disco and rock and funk and just, again, good music is good music and artists that you believe in brought them all in yeah. very impressive um well let's let's move on to the 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 new album uh dirty shine uh name for authenticity shining uh a little bit of a, a flawed diamond is still a diamond sort of idea um absolutely i've heard uh you are feeling more connected with that term now than any other point in the career? Why Why do you feel more dirty shine than any other time in the career? Because I think that, like when I first started out with my first album, mm -hmm. 
I would go, you know, I started touring. I started headlining before I could really headline. And, you know, it was, just, it was kind of something that my fans really thought of, which was like dirty shine, because it's like, here's this girl wearing with, you know, long blonde hair, wearing a fedora, you know, playing blues and hip hop, like mm-hmm. very, you know, very different. Yeah. But like also just embracing this kind of like, this is kind of like who we are. This is kind of like, we don't really know where this music fits in, but it's really dope. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's like my fans are like, they, they're different ages or, you know, men, women. I mean, it's, there's kids that come to my show. It's like, it's just, it's a very diverse. So mm-hmm. I would say like, it's just really people who connect with this idea of like just being who you are, um, you know, at your core. And if I'm going to be who I am at my core, being independent now is like full circle for me. That's true. You know? And, uh, yeah. And like, like I said, getting my hands dirty, like, you know, doing, I'm doing everything, making, making the videos, you know, working working on my brothers, like, um, you know, touring. I mean, and so I felt like naming the album Dirty Shine was like, it just felt like, it, you know, it's like The Alchemist, if, if you ever read that book. It's yeah. like, they go on this huge journey, and then, like, they pull up the carpet, and they're like, oh, like, it's right here the whole time. Like, that's kind of what it feels like for me. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and so, I don't want to think too hard about what I wanted to name, name the album. It was just what um, I am at my core. Now, now was this an easier uh, album as far as this was the first album with uh, being a mom? Was it easier or more difficult putting things? I mean, and then on top of that, you've got being an independent artist. So was that harder to deal with all of that stuff or easier in a way? Was it wasn't easier. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing easier about it. Um, it's a it's it's just a real it's a balance. I mean, you know, I uh, it's it's a different gear you kick into when you become a parent. Um, it's twenty four seven when you're a parent it's a learning curve it was a learning curve for me and it definitely was a shocker it was like somebody just dropped me on the concrete on my face and i was like what like whoa this is crazy because you know growing up you have all the time to yourself like oh what do i want to do with my day-to-day you know i work on music okay i'm gonna take eight hours to write a song i'm all set in the world to like you know connect connect with my my fans i'm like go listen to music and I can go out to a club. I mean, like, and then you have a kid and you're like, none of your time, if you're suddenly like your time just got stolen by, by, you know, a three foot little being. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> so it's definitely different, but I will say like, you know, I'm, there's also parts of me that feel much more confident being a mother because and a parent in general, because you have to be so selfless in so many ways. Um, and I, you know, recently was around a, um, a lot of other a, a lot of other parents, and just kind of um, noticing how how we're all kind of in the same boat. Where like, you know, it's it's challenging sometimes mm-hmm. to um, to stay patient and um, you know, and and especially when you have passion and you have a a career and trying to to balance all that but I think we live in a different day and age now too where it's more common that Mm -hmm. I think people 
you know, have kids. I think there was probably a time in like, you know, Stevie Nicks' era where it's like, there's really, really so much pressure to not become a mom because yeah. if you become a mom, like, it changes your life so much and then you're maybe viewed as like a different... You're out of the game. You know, yeah. You, yeah, and viewed, viewed different because, you know, people view youth and sexuality mm -hmm. in a certain way and then when you become a mother, like, where does that where does that put you you mm -hmm. know but i think it's a lot more common now um for people to have both um and so you know but also remembering that a lot of people that you know might listen to your music maybe don't have kids too yeah. so um but, so then you have to like kind of remember those parts about yourself and your music that are just for you and, and not something that has changed since you had a kid. Like, I'm not going to write all my music about being a mom. Yeah. You know, because there are different parts of me too where, you know, I'm a mother, but I'm also other things. Yeah. You know, so it's inspiring and it's also challenging. <laughs> <laughs> well, is, uh, is Ezra, does he still have that uh, nice, uh, sweet mop of hair? Such a mop of hair. It's just like, really funny too because i feel like neil has like this curly mop of hair yeah i'm like his dad does his dad does too and ezra does too i don't want to cut his hair like ever but like now it's like going in his eyes and so i don't know at some let, point i'm probably gonna have to cut it let it let's see how long he loves it music go. too. let it go let it yeah. go i know he loves music too like he has really great rhythm which is interesting um, I think it's better rhythm than I do. Gonna he be was like drummer. drumming with my drummer. I was about to say. He, I hope not. I hope not. But he was drumming because I don't really want a drum set in the house and yeah. kids slamming it all the time. Sounds really annoying. But he does have really good rhythm. And like my drummer, Demetrius, was like drumming. He teaches drum class. And he was like drumming with him at the, at the show in the green room. And he was like, he was impressed. He was like, it's pretty good. So he's got pretty good rhythm. I yeah try to jump out in front of it get him you know get him a practice pad the electronic so you you know you can put headphones <laughs> on it you know that's that's the way to get around it I, but any, yeah any drummer is going to turn into the any drummer is going to want the acoustic set at some point in time though you're never going to be able to to get away from that one yeah no that's 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 a, that's a yeah, rough mommy, life mommy knows about music though i'm for the garage fine <laughs> Well, uh, on the album, I mean, you've got a, a ridiculous set of producers. Like, you've got six amazing producers on the album. Uh, did you think about, like, when you started the album, did you think about using all these producers? Or was it one of those things that it just sort of came together like you were working on this song and then you got this produced? I, I mean, because, you know, normally it's like one producer, one album. Like, But uh, how, how did you end up with all of these great producers on the album? You know, it depends how an album is made. For me in the past, like I would say, like, my first album was interesting, right? Like, mm -hmm. and I'll get to Dirty Shine in a second. My first album, like I had already written all of those songs acoustically. I wrote those songs. I got a deal off of those songs. Then it was like finding the right producer to produce them mm -hmm. was challenging. We went through a set of like three different producers. I won't name who they were before we ended up working with Nephew mm -hmm. to produce the majority of that album. But then there were songs that like we just, you know, like Ali Shahid Muhammad from Tribe Called Quest ended up producing like Charlie Ain't Home. Um, so there were like these unique little things. Ludwig Gorenson had produced uh, Blue Eyes Blind, mm -hmm. which we wrote together in the studio, actually, that one. So Ludwig Gorenson produced um, 
uh, uh, overdose on the new album Dirty mm. Shine. That was a, that was just a, a product of um, I'm doing a writing session together because we loved working with each other the first time, mm-hmm. and it was a song that we came up with together in another session. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the same thing with Mike. It was like me and Mike had uh, Elizondo had known each other for years, and um, you know Mike met me in like 2012 when I played like my songs for him over at Warner Brothers, and um, you know we had stayed in touch and wanted to work together and so we did a couple of sessions where we wrote some songs and that was just one of the ones that we had that um, I really loved and um, I had the opportunity to put it on this album mm-hmm. so I did Nice. and um, yeah so a lot of these producers were mostly kind of came out of writing sessions and just kind of like songs that that, um, that, that ended up sounding you know, striking a certain chord yeah. with me and making me want to share them. I mean, S1, I did a lot of stuff with Symbolic One, though, for this. Yeah. So. Nice. Mm-hmm. Nice. Well, uh, last question on the album. You've released five singles so far. Uh, I got to ask, which song would you say you're most excited about that you haven't released as a single yet? Which one that's still behind the curtain that you you are most excited about? There's a lot of songs. I for me, I think the Mend is a very special song. Um, it's a very emotional, honest song, uh, you know. So I think I I think people will really connect with that song. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't. What I mean by that is like I don't know if it's like a single. <laughs> What's a single? I don't know. But like. It's something I'm really proud of that I was able to like go that deep and put it into a song and for it to translate as well as it does. Um, Evil on the Inside, very, very, very dope song that I wrote in Nashville years ago. And um, it's just one of those songs that I, I just love so much. Nice. There's, a, there's, there's, quite a, there's quite a few. I mean, I love some of the ones we put out already too. <laughs> Well, uh, yeah, I mean, but 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 no, I think that the, I would say those two nice. specifically. I'm really excited for people to hear. It'll be fun. It'll be really fun putting it out and having these become classics for people. I mean, people come up to me. Even I played at shows over the summer, and people come up, and you never know what song somebody loves. Yeah. I mean, I had a couple, quite a few people tell me they like the dark was like their favorite song, and it was so meaningful for them, and like. I don't even play that song very often because, like, you know, you never know. Did it do commercially well? I have no idea. But some people are just like, that's my, that's my favorite song. Yeah. You know, so it's really interesting not it's, knowing, like, what people are going to connect with. It's always, yeah, it's it's always surprising. I, I am I am surprised just talking to people when they'll, you know, they'll bring up their favorite artist and they'll be like, oh, this is my favorite song. I'm like, what? Never heard that before. <laughs> like, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know. Yeah, yeah. But, People will connect. It's it's amazing how they connect. I got one last question, not music related, and I saw this in an interview. Uh, this is like I think ten years ago, eleven years ago, something like that. They ask you uh, your guilty pleasure, and you said popcorn. And I gotta <laughs> ask: Are you still a pop- are you still a popcorn fiend? Yes, but it's so funny because like before you said what it was, I was like. So curious to see like what I said. I love, love popcorn. Yes, but like, I, my you like it too? Yeah, oh, I love it. I have it almost every night. 
love popcorn so much. Like, how? What's your favorite like way to have it? Like, well, what kind? Well, that's what I was gonna ask you. I am I'm a traditionalist, so I I okay. I pop it on the on the stove. Just put the kernels into a you know into a pot. Uh, uh, put a little oil on it. Let it pop. And then, what type of oil? Usually. Um, most often it's, it's, uh, um, what you call it? Uh, oh, now I'm forgetting. Um, it's, it's Oral Red, uh, Orville Redenbacher, the actual brand of their oil. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I've never tried that. I'm I like the, um, I've tried all the different oils. Some people are big fan of coconut oil. I, but it takes, it makes it taste like coconut, which is sort of weird. Yeah. I... I like corn oil because I feel like you can there like it. vegetable yeah. oil. Yeah, vegetable oil has like a really strong flavor, like aftertaste. Like corn oil has like no aftertaste. So I really like corn oil. You do have to what go do you season with, it with you have to I usually so I really like it's uh I, I really like the uh the like <laughs> it's there it's definitely not good for you, but I really like the like the cheese flavored salt. I don't know what's Whoa. in. Yeah, I don't know what's in Whoa. that, but I l- love That's it. Intense. Yeah, I love it. It's I've, the best. I've never tried that, but it sounds really naughty. I really like. So this is gonna sound funny, but somebody told me this like five, six years ago. It was like he was like my merch guy, and he was like, "Have you ever had nutritional seasoning yeast mm-hmm. on popcorn?" And I was like, "No, yeast on popcorn? What is that?" So I started putting it on there and it's like this cheesy flavor, but it's like has all these B12 vitamins and stuff. I don't know if you've ever tried it. I have not, but but that would be a really good. I really like it. I was about to say that would be a much healthier version. Like I I think with that popcorn you've got, that's, that's literally, that's not a, that's not even a guilty pleasure. That's like, that's health food. You're, you're doing yourself a service (laughs) right there. Nah, I don't have so much salt and oil on it. Now you just, I'm literally going to leave this interview and go eat popcorn. <laughs> popcorn. Well, well there, you, there you have it, listeners. You got to show up to a show on the One Hell of a Night Tour, and you better have popcorn with nutritional yeast on it. If not, <laughs> ZZ Ward is not talking to you. Just want to let you know. Well... ZZ. Only a little weird. <laughs> ZZ, we are up against a break. I want to thank you for coming on and talking with us, though, today. Thank you. This was really fun. For sure. Listeners, check out all things ZZ Ward at her website, ZZWard.com. You can get all the dates for the tour. You can get a lot of sweet merch. Right now, let's take a listen to my favorite off the new album, 10 Cups, right here on the Doc G Show. Yeah, love me, I let him down. 
And we are back here on the Doc G Show. You just heard ZZ Award, my favorite song off her new album. So true. My goodness. Aloe Black, he had had a moment back, like more than a moment, like a couple of years there, like 2015-ish to like 2018. He was that dude. He was just on everything. He was that guy. What that, song? What song did he have? I'm the man. If you remember that song, I'm the man. That was that was his that was his big jam. You know, that was the big one that he had. But he had a whole bunch of them. He did one there with old, uh, you know, what's his face? Uh, Wake me up, Avicii. He did wake me Avicii. up with Avicii. Yeah, that was a good jam. But anyways, man, such an awesome song. ZZ Ward, being you got it there. Take a listen, Mike. Yeah. Take a listen. This is not what I expected, by the way. No? This sounds very upbeat. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Good song. Good song. Good song. Good jam, man. Good jam. Big one. Huge one at that time. Uh, Mike, but uh, yeah, ZZ Ward, just so nice. Uh, So so, uh, happy that you got getting her album out there. Independent album. Big deal, you know, uh, super fun to have it out there and get to do everything, you know. I mm-hmm. I got to be honest, doing all of these interviews over the last, you know, seven years, like, it just, it, I just, I, 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 no offense to the record companies, but I don't see a lot of benefit coming from them. <laughs> like, no, it doesn't look good I, at all. I mean, yeah. you know, like, every artist that I talk to, even the ones that have been on record labels, that had big songs, it was like in spite of the record label that they had those big songs. They had like eight other great songs and the record label wouldn't let them put them out. That's a fact. And like, or, and they thought, oh, this song's awesome. The record label's like, no, it sucks. And then it becomes the biggest selling song of all time. They're like, oh, whoops. Okay, well, anyways, we don't want to put out your next out. It's just like they're holding them back, man. Holding yeah. them back, so good, good for her. Good for her getting out there, being an independent artist. Yes! Sure, she'll be mm-hmm. more. Uh, she'll be happy, man. 
She will be happy. Go out there, check it out. Listeners, if you want to look like me in amazing uh, ZZ Ward gear, get it on her website. You can be just mm-hmm. like me, looking fantastic. I'm wearing it right now. Wait, Actually, what? I wish I was. That'd be hilarious. Uh, Mike, we need to move on, though. We need to move on to the fastest growing segment in the world. Mike C. Top 3. That's correct. That is correct. And Mike, you chose a topic of the most, the best endings of movies. Yeah. Three best movie endings. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I won't say this was too hard. I didn't dig like super, super deep. I probably could have done more of a deep dive and found a couple, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to go mainly with movies that I know really well and yeah. uh, that are just my favorite. Those are the best ones. Yeah. 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 Those are the best ones, yeah. So, For Mike, sure. do you want to do honorable mentions? Do you have any? Yeah, I got a couple. Um, I'm going to say Reservoir Dogs. Nice. Quentin Tarantino, yeah. Pulp Fiction, of course. Great ending. My brother's been raving um, about that, actually, over the last uh, couple of weeks, really, is you know Pulp Fiction's ending. He's just been talking about how awesome he, he forgot. incredible yeah. movie, yeah. Yeah. It, it really is. It is. Um, and then, man, I got so many movies here. Um Throw them out, man. Because I can't. Out. Yeah. So, well, okay. So I'm gonna say from dusk till dawn. I don't. I like the ending, but that movie just blew my mind. I don't want to give any spoilers in case anybody's not seen it in f- 20 years, yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. However long it's yeah. been out, mm-hmm. but yeah. So I think yeah, Pulp Fiction, Reservoir Dogs, from dusk till dawn, all Quentin Tarantino. Um, and then last, last mention here. Okay. I'm going to say The Mist by mm. Stephen King. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you remember that movie, but uh, yeah, just all. <laughs> Stephen King will gonna... always leave you hanging, man. You never, like most of the time, you don't see the ending coming in his movies. Yeah. Okay. So nobody's going to remember this and probably nobody will watch the movie, but everybody in the truck, this guy, like they all think the world's going to end. They commit suicide. And then this guy gets the gun and there's no bullet in there. And then all of a sudden everything clears up and like the police show up and everybody's fine. But this guy's got all these like dead people in his car. And there's like a little kid committed suicide. Jeez. <laughs> all right. I'm in. Dog G, what do you got? What's it's your rough. What's your thing? <laughs> uh, honorable mentions, Mike. Honorable mentions. Honorable. First of all, I already talked about one of the honorable mentions last week. Fight Club. Got to put it on mm-hmm. as an honorable mention. Just an awesome turn of events. Uh, another one that you don't really see coming. Good yeah, stuff. Yeah, you don't see it. Good yeah. stuff. Uh, and then uh, the one that I was talking about, Mike, that I had in a dream. This one, most listeners are not going to know this movie. The movie is In Good Company. Word. In mm. Good Company. Uh, it came out in 2004 with Dennis Quaid. Topher Grace and Scarlett Johansson. Sweet. It's it's like it's 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 not really like a rom com. It's more uh, like a movie about life. You know, mm. it's about life and love and love lost like and misconnections yeah. and misunderstandings. But in the chaos, Mike, there comes beauty, and that's the end. You know, you do, mm-hmm. He doesn't. He doesn't get the girl. Nope. Doesn't end up getting Scarlett Johansson. Nope. Nothing turns out the way that you think for Topher Grace, but you know what? It's still good. 
Life mm-hmm. is still good. And that's the ending. And I had a dream where I was like in that movie. And like, wow. and like, and that was the thing at the end, because of my brain is so stupid. I couldn't come up with anything like more unique. Like I was telling the person <laughs> in my dream, I was like, but you know what? We are in good company. Yeah. Glam. We're in good company. And I woke up and I was like, I'm, I was I was literally in good company. And that's all I could come up with was saying <laughs> I'm in good company. Like, it was just so dumb, Mike. And yeah, that was that was my uh, dream about being. If you if you watch it, I'm telling you, it'll be a pretty good movie. It'll be like, yeah, mm. not bad. Puts me in a pretty good mood. Yeah, nice. Mm. All right, Mike. Uh, I will start with the uh, the countdown, the true countdown. Um, number three on my list, Rocky. Sweet. Rocky yeah. number one. Now, mm-hmm. a lot of people will be like, Ben, why number one? That's stupid. Because he goes the distance, listeners. Yeah, he loses the fight, but he goes the distance. Nobody ever thought he was going to amount to anything. He lost the fight, but he won at life, listeners. Mm, that's right. He conquered his fears. He fought the 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 number one fighter in the world, right? And it's, come on. He fought Apollo Creed. He did it. Yes! Like, just, it's the best, man. It's, 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 I mean, you know, if you stop Rocky at Rocky 1, it, it would have been one of, the, considered one of the greatest movies, and it was, it was considered one of the greatest movies of all time as far as its actual writing and whatnot. And, but, mm-hmm. you know, then after like 75 follow-ups, it sort of lost some of its value, but still. <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. Such amazing, amazing ending, man. And it's, uh, it, it makes, it makes you... You know, swell up. Your chest swells up with pride at the end. You're like, yeah, Rocky, you did it, buddy. You mm-hmm. did it, man. Mike, you're number three. Uh, my number three, Waterworld with Kevin Costner. Mm. <laughs> it's not really like a great ending. It's but, got the gills, you know, man. It's got the gills. Doctor, I mean, we've talked about this on the show. I don't like large bodies of water. No. Okay. And when there's a movie about just All a huge it is, body of water. Yeah. That's all that, you, yeah. When they find land, I'm pretty happy. That's pretty nice. Pretty nice. Yeah. Mike, uh, this was tough for me because these are two of my favorite movies of all time. <laughs> and I didn't know which one to do first and second. But I thought ending-wise, I had to go with my first one. So uh, my second one here, yeah, I might have it higher as an all-time movie, but... The ending isn't as amazing, but I do love it. Gladiator. Gladiator. Great movie. It's an awesome, awesome movie. Amazing. One of my all-time favorite movies. Definitely in my top five. Yeah. There was a dream that is Rome. It shall be realized. These are the wishes of Marcus Aurelius as he slips into Elysium, as he sees his family after he's conquered the, the Colosseum, after he's killed the horrible emperor just such a uh, such amazing and it, again it's one of those does everybody get what they want no i want to see i wanted to see maximus become the the emperor of rome to to be alive and happy at the end of the movie but you know what at the end you're still satisfied you still you feel at peace at the end of the movie and you're like yeah you know and then mm-hmm. his friend his gladiator friend covers up the little 
the little uh, the little uh, action figures that he had of Maximus into the ground, and he says, "I'll see you again, friend, but not yet, not yet." And it's hopeful, and the music's that's ah, just such amazing, such amazing. Yeah, movie, man, beautiful, beautifully shot too. I love it. Yeah, so cinematic. Yeah. It is true, Mike. It is very. I mean, cinematic. it's it's twenty three years old, and it still seems like you know sort of timeless like i watch it mm-hmm. and i'm not like oh god this is some old piece of crap like you know no because i can yeah. watch some movies from 2000 and definitely say that mm-hmm. but not with yeah. that one not with that anyways no. mike your number two my number two i'm gonna say sixth sense oh we've talked about m it. night Shyamalan. we've talked about it mess with your Great head twist you don't yeah. see it coming you don't see it coming and then afterwards you're like wait a second am i dead right now Oh, crap. <laughs> oh, Jesus. No, he's messing with me, man. Yeah, you don't... No, thank you. No, thank you. Mike. Yeah. You know me. I don't need any scary twist in my movies. Mm-mm. 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 Yeah. Number one on my list, Mike. Number one, Shawshank Redemption. Yeah. Shawshank, Shawshank. Redemption. A man wrongly accused of murdering his wife tormented for years in prison finally escapes to spend his days on the sun-soaked beaches of mexico say Wataneo with his friend red his best friend yeah red just a magical magical mm. and you just feel so great you feel yeah. like him when you when he's on the beach you feel like ripping your shirt off and just i'm free yes like it's just beautiful mike Beautiful. Yeah, it is. I, I really want to watch that, rewatch that movie. Yeah, because I was actually looking up top f- movie endings. Just a quick Google. Yeah. After I already had my list. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Shawshank what's allowed, Mike? We didn't three. say you couldn't look up list if you want to. I mean, you can you can I compare. Was, you know, you can compare. Anyways, what yeah. you're saying, Mike? Yeah. No, Shawshank Redemption, just fantastic movie. Ten out of ten. Absolutely. Like you just can't. Uh, yeah. What's your number um, one? What do we got? My number one. This is actually a recent one, and this blew my f- Doc G. Where the Crawdads Sing oh, by Delia Owens. Uh-huh. Oh my gosh, that blew my mind. On Netflix, guys, check it out. I'm not going to say what the ending was, but wow, I just did not see that coming. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. That could be uh, recent enough that you could definitely be a spoiler alert. So that one we got to yeah got to keep close to the yeah, vest. There, but yeah, incredible ending. Like wow. Yeah, nice, nice, yeah, nice so. list, Mike. I like it. Mm-hmm. I like it, uh, Mike. What do we got next week? Ooh. What are you thinking? Uh, let's see here. All right, so I wrote this one, and uh, I don't know what we're gonna do with this, but top three post two thousand technologies. Okay. What do you think? Yes, yeah. <laughs> we can right. do it. We can do it. Yeah. Uh, I, I've definitely got some things. I mean, you know, sometimes again, to be the old man, sometimes I think about things and I'm like, man, if that was available when I was in elementary school, oh my God, that's so awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. I do it. Uh, okay. Top All right. after yeah. 2000 technologies. I like it. Mike, yeah. we have got two birthday suits left. Uh, I am, I'm going to go with the one I'm confident on you first. We'll go with that one first. All right. All right. Uh, the, uh, main female character in something about Mary. 
Cameron Diaz. Cameron Diaz is correct. Nicely done, Mike. Beautiful. Yes. Uh, turning, Mike, 51. Ah. Yeah, 51. August 30th, 1972. Where do you think she was born? Why do I want to say Florida? Nah. No, well, she no. actually did okay. live in Florida for a little bit. Okay. I'm going to say Jersey. San Diego. No. San Diego. Yeah. She actually grew up, and I've known this for a long time because it really threw me off. She actually went to high school in Long Beach with Snoop Dogg. Mm. Snoop Dogg was one of cool. her classmates. Yeah, and I'm just like, I don't know. Either that makes Cameron Diaz seem like one lady or Snoop sort of weak. You know, one of the two. <laughs> like, hey, Why Snoop. Why was he in high school? <laughs> well, just, hey, Snoop, see you in math. Like, it was like, you know. Yeah. Doesn't seem as hard, but maybe maybe I'm All wrong. Right, girl. Maybe, maybe, maybe it was like, you know, Cammy D was just on the streets, just living hard, you know? Who knows? Word. Anywho, she, uh, she got her big break. Uh, she was a model first. She uh, became a model when she was 16. Then she got her big break in movies when she starred in The Mask with Jim Carrey there in 94. Great movie. Uh, then she played in Feeling Minnesota. She's the one. 98, she played There's Something About Mary. Uh, then Any Given Sunday, uh, Charlie's Angels, Vanilla Sky. She was the voice of Fiona in Shrek, all of the Shreks. Mm -hmm. uh, played in Gangs of New York with old Leo. She was in that one. Nice. The Green Hornet, Bad Teacher, The Counselor, The Other Woman. Uh, then, surprising, I didn't even notice this, Mike. I don't know if you did. Uh, she retired from acting in 2017. Hmm. Yeah, just just out of there. Just, I didn't know that. So she's, she's, yeah. she's done. She really hasn't done anything since then. And also... Uh, she's uh, married to the lead singer of Good Charlotte, Benji Madden. Oh, that's cool. Like yeah, that yeah. No, no offense to Benji, but he really got lucky with that one. Uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> he really batted out of his league on that one. I'm gonna say, no offense to Benji again. She's out of my league too, Benji. <laughs> I'm just saying that's uh, very, very surprising. But. Happy birthday to uh, Cammy D, turning 51. Mike, Mike, this one, maybe, maybe. We, I've, I've brought this up on the show before, and you weren't familiar with the company, so I'm hoping the other information will uh, get you. So here right, we go. Let's see. Very rich old guy who lives in Omaha, Nebraska. Oh, Warren Buffett. There we go. There it is. Yeah. I didn't know Berkshire Hathaway. You didn't. I brought up oh. Berkshire Hathaway, and you were like, what's that? I thought, unless, unless, unless I'm uh, completely mistaking it, but I thought that was like two years ago, year and a half ago, something on the show. Yeah. I can't remember. Anyways, Mike, uh, uh, how old do you think uh, Warren's turning? Shoot, probably 92, 91. Very close. 93. 93. 93. Yeah. Son of yeah. a congressman. His dad was a congressman. Uh, he went to the University of Penn, then transferred to the University of Nebraska. Got his master's from the Columbia Business School. 
working in investments for about 16 years. He became a millionaire in 1962, um, which probably would equate with inflation now to like a uh, 50 a million. Well, not. <laughs> Not that high, but definitely a good amount. And then he became uh, company chairman and majority stakeholder of Berkshire Hathaway in 1970. So he's done that job for a short 53 years. Uh, (laughs) There you go. A guy that really likes consistency, Mike. Mm-hmm. Real big yeah. fan of consistency. Uh, I I didn't write it down, but I think it's uh, he's worth a hundred and eighteen million something around that realm. So uh, you know, not bad, pretty good. He's worth a hundred and eighteen million billion billion. Okay, I was about to say I was like, what? I think no, 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 billion. Yeah, that's crazy, man. A hundred billion. Yeah, a hundred. Yeah, hundred nineteen billion. 118. Wasn't it like in the 2000s when like the richest guy only had like a couple billion? Really proliferated, Mike. Yeah, really proliferated. I mean, you know, you, you look at like when uh, hmm. Bill Gates, uh, you know, started crashing through with Windows. Uh, yeah. I remember, you know, he got up to like an insane amount of like 80 billion and people are just like, what is going on in the world? He could buy the whole world. And now, <laughs> yeah. you know. And now we've got like I don't know how many uh, billionaires over eighty billion. I want to say like five, six. You know, you got you got at least Elon Musk. You got uh, you got uh, Amazon. Uh, you got Warren Buffett. You got uh, Bill Gates. You got several, man. You got several. Anyways, uh, happy birthday, Warren. That's right. Keep on ticking, there, man. Uh, anywho, Mike, we need to wrap it up for this week. Uh, by the way, that's three for three for three weeks. Congratulations. Yes. Nicely done. Thank you. Nicely done. Mike, we need to wrap it up though for this week. We have some fantastic shows next week. We have the great band out of, uh, Seattle, pretty awkward on the show Going to talk to their uh, lead singer, Austin Held. Can't wait to talk to him. Uh, Then we've got the fantastic drummer, Gregory Hutchinson. He's got his album coming out. Not only is he a great drummer, he is a great musician. We're going to talk to him about life. Going to ask him about Kobe Bryant. Seemed to be a huge fan of Kobe. So we're going to talk a little Kobe in there as well. But, uh, Mike, until then, we need to wrap it up. I have been your host, Doc G. With me, as always, the one, the only, Mikey Maximus the Fernicus. Charette. Always a pleasure, Doc G. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. And until next week, zip it up and zip it out. Zip it doo doo